In your Bibles tonight, Revelation chapter number 6. When I come to Revelation 6, it's almost like I'm at a ball game and they're calling the starting lineup. And they're calling out the players that are going to be playing in the game that's just ahead. And when we come to Revelation chapter 6, it's literally uh, the Lord is worthy to open the book and open the seals. And when the seals are opened, it's each of the individual players in the great tribulation. They all bring a certain element uh, to the great tribulation. And we see their different emphasis here. And we're going to look and we begin in chapter number 6 with uh, the great tribulation. It's going to be described in great detail from chapter 6 to verse to chapter number 19. And uh, we look here and tonight's message is titled this, The Great Day of His Wrath. The Great Day of His Wrath. And uh, the verse of scripture, the last verse of this chapter says, The great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? After God raptures the church, then will begin the great tribulation. Why do we call it great tribulation? Because we've seen some tribulation. You've probably lived through some tribulation and troubling times. But let me tell you something. The tribulation, the great tribulation, the judgment of God falling on sinful creation... Uh, folks who've rejected the grace and mercy extended by Christ is going to be great like nothing we've ever seen. And the great tribulation, the great day of his wrath is come. Let's look together. In chapter number 6, I'll read this chapter to you, beginning in verse number 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou heard not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. And for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal... And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, 
and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Who shall be able to stand? When we come to chapter number 6, the book of Revelation, uh, this is the beginning of the great tribulation. And when we read chapter 6, what I see is I see the different players that are going to participate in the great tribulation, different aspects of the misery and the tribulation and the punishment and the judgment of God. The great day of his wrath is come. We see it beginning to unfold. And we look at Revelation 6, we're going to see some... Uh, some different uh, things here. We're going to see uh, the four horsemen of the Revelation. We're going to see an altar. And we're going to see great massive chaos as the end, the sixth seal, is broken. And we look here and we're looking and outlining the great tribulation. The book of Revelation is, has three parts. Uh, the things that were, and we find that in the first eight or nine verses of, the, of chapter number one. The things that are, if we go from uh, that part of chapter number one to the end of chapter number four. Then chapters five and beyond are the things which shall be, and we're looking in the future. We're looking to the days that are the church is gone, the rapture of the church has occurred, and we're looking at the days that are ahead and the great tribulation, the Lord Jesus punishing sin ultimately. If you ever look at a sinful situation, you think, How does, why does God allow that? I'm going to tell you something. There's coming a day when there will be no more wickedness and sin allowed. God, the Lord Jesus, uh, he is going to settle every count. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the tribulation is a tool that God will use to punish the earth for rejecting his own son. We come to the Great Tribulation. You can find it in just a few parts. Let me give you an outline of the Tribulation if you're kind of curious about that. It's a seven-year period. Some folks talk about it as, uh, uh, as let's just talk about the Great Tribulation. It's a seven-year period. And as you study and read the book of Revelation, I'd encourage you to do so. Chapters 6 through 9 are the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. As you read chapters 6 through 9, you're going to be able to see uh, an emphasis on the first three and a half years of the Tribulation. In chapters 10 through 14, you're going to find the middle period of the Great Tribulation described in great detail, chapters 10 through 14. And then the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, we'll find it in chapters 15 through 19. And so it's important to know that so that when you're reading, you kind of know well, what does this have to do with it. And that always helps me. But we're looking here at the Great Tribulation, and we're going to look at these six of seven seals that are going to be broken and opened by God 
In chapter number 6, the first one is this, number 1, the white horse. The white horse. Now, there's a couple white horses in the book of Revelation. One, the Lord Jesus and the saints are going to be riding on later. And uh, that's not the same white horse. And the white horse rider in the first seal is not the Lord Jesus. This is the Antichrist. When we talk of horses, horses speak of the working of God. And we see this seal opened up. And this first seal is a white horse. Let's look together in verse number 1. The Bible says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Something that happens with the four horses, they, they always say, come and see, come and see. We need to pay attention. Verse number two, and I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering, and to conquer. The white horse is the Antichrist. When we look and study the Antichrist and understand what this part of the great tribulation, the Antichrist, the white horse, the Antichrist is going to preach and teach and, and, and win people over, deceive people with a promise of peace. He's going to try to win people over with a promise of one world government. I'll tell you something pretty, pretty bold perhaps to state, but I'm, I'm confident that an emphasis on communism is something that ultimately the, the devil uh, and the Antichrist will use to deceive masses of people in tribulation. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I know and am confident that the church is going to be gone before the uh, great tribulation. So I'm not worried. Uh, let me tell you, I'll just tell you, let's just say something really plain. I'm not worried about ever being tempted to take the mark of the beast because I'm not going to be here when they start trying to do that mess. And I'm not worried about the being deceived by the Antichrist because I'm not going to be there when the old white horse seal is broke open and the Antichrist comes. But I want you to know what's going to happen. There's going to be a great deception. And there's no doubts that you can see signs of the times and, and you can see evidences of things that, that will ultimately come into a greater fruition later after the rapture of the church in so many things that are going on in our, in our society. Lots of folks want to ask you, you know, what about all these stories about earthquakes? And what about all these storms? Uh, what about all these storms and stories about uh, these different tribulations? All I want you to know, I think it's bad. I think sin is rampant. And I think that God is judged, still judging sin. But I'll tell you, we've not seen anything yet. And the good news is, as a Christian, child of God, of God I'm not going to see this mess. Uh, but the Lord's letting us know what he's saving us from and reminding us that he is going to settle the and wickedness and sinfulness is going to be judged. But God's people, the church, we were not made for wrath. We weren't made for that. And God is not going to put, make us go through the great tribulation. But we see the white horse. He's the Antichrist. He has a bow with no arrows. He's going to preach peace and prosperity. But he's going to ultimately... It, Put all people in bondage, and the white horse is the Antichrist. There'll be more to say about him later. The white horse. The second player is the red horse. The Bible says in verse number three, and when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him. The red horse speaks of uh, terror and blood. The Bible says that. 
the horse was red and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Look at that phrase. What's the red horse going to do? He's going to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The red horse is the horse of war. There's going to be wars in our lands. There's going to be wars in our uh, it's worldwide wars. And I know folks look at wars and war conditions that we're facing now. Rumors, you hear folks talk about wars and rumors of wars. We're not in the tribulation yet. But there's coming a time when there will be great power. This red horse rider will have power to take peace from the earth. That they should kill one another. You can begin to see hints and taints of the wickedness of sin and the coming judgment and find that folks don't care as much about life as they once did. But the red horse of tribulation is going to bring about war. War. The red horse is war. And during the great tribulation, war will wreak havoc on all the world. Number three, the black horse. The Bible says in verse number five, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. You, can you see that black horse and the person riding has a pair of balances in it? You, you know the balances, you, you weigh, the, weigh things out. The Bible says that there had a pair of balances in his hands. Verse 6, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the olive and the wine. The emphasis of the black horse is famine. The emphasis of the black horse is famine. Now there's, a, at the moment if, that as this was being said and written, it had been very clear what the writer was saying. when the, He said, I heard the voice of four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. That would have made perfect sense. Let me just put it like this. A pound of hamburger is $175. How many think that's high? A loaf of bread is $125. A jar of peanut butter is $227. Y'all understand what I'm getting at, right? Now, here's what they're saying. A man's, a day's wage is how much it costs to buy a slave's portion of food for a day. That's a scary moment. Now, famine is going to, is going to take over uh, the land. It's going to take over the United States of America. Uh, a famine is going to take over the whole world uh, because of the wrath of God and the great tribulation. The red horse that brought war, the antichrist that deceived people into a one-world government is going to produce famine. And the black horse is going to bring famine and starvation. I tell you something, starvation and famine is something that makes me sick to think about. I can't th stand the thoughts of watching a family starve. I can't stand the thoughts of people being hungry. But I want you to know something. God's people will not have to suffer this. God's people will not have to suffer this. And we should still pity. Now, when I think about the great tribulation, I don't want to have, and I do not have this spirit that says, ha, 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 this is what you deserve. It is what they deserve. It is what you deserve. If you reject Christ, you deserve the punishment that you have 
earned. But I don't have joy in my heart to think about folks going through great suffering. As we read this, we rejoice that because we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, we do not have to suffer the judgments and the wrath of God in the great tribulation. But also, it should motivate us to be faithful witnesses and to tell others about Jesus and invest in the lives of other people and point them to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ before it is eternally too late. The black horse is the horse of famine and the portion and the part of the great tribulation that includes famine, number four, the fourth of the four horsemen. The book of Revelation is the pale horse. The Bible says in verse number seven, verse number seven, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. The fourth horse is the pale horse. And this pale horse represents just simply death. Death. It says here in verse number 8, his name that sat on him was death. Death, folks, is the end of the body. The end of the body is death. But the Bible says that the man that he there, his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. Death is the end of the body, but hell is the punishment of the soul. And we know that this uh, great tribulation is not just going to bring about death to the body, but it's going to bring about punishment of the soul. All people are eternal. It's not like it's going to uh, suck it up for a few minutes; it'll all be over. Look, man's created the image of God and there's eternal punishment and judgment for those who reject Christ. Death and hell followed after. Death is the emphasis of the pale horse and the fourth of the seals. The Bible says in verse number 8, And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. That's a fascinating phrase. Power was given them over the fourth part of the earth. Now the Bible teaches us here that the a fourth of the population of the world is going to die and succumb to death. It says, uh, given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, with the beast of the earth. The fourth part of the earth, I kind of thought it was fascinating to think about that for a minute. What kind of, what kind of numbers are we talking about? I understand that the church will be gone and that it will represent a sizable number. And I hope because of the efforts of people like us, the number will, be, will increase and will increase daily. But you think about the population of the United States, 332 million. A fourth of the population of the United States, 83 million, succumbed to death during the tribulation, during the 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 rain and the working of this pale horse. The world's population, 7.8 billion. A fourth of that, 1.9 billion deaths. Death. The Bible says that the pale horse represents death. Power was given to them over the fourth part of, all of the earth to kill with sword. That makes sense, doesn't it? To kill with sword. We know how folks kill with sword. Kill with hunger. Uh, that's brutal. 
killed with death, and that's just other random ways to die. And then look at this last one, and with the beasts of the earth. When you think about the Great Tribulation, if you, I, I don't watch horror movies, I'm too chicken, and I wouldn't recommend it anyway. Uh, but uh, the, uh, uh, when you think about uh, horrors, the horrors, the Great Tribulation, the Bible says that multitudes and masses of people will be killed with the beasts of the earth. With the beasts of the earth. And uh, you can see uh, living creatures turning against men. And uh, what an evil, evil time, the great tribulation. Uh, the pale horse represents death. The fifth of the seven seals is the martyrs. The Bible says verse number 9. Look at it there with me. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. As we open up this fifth seal, we get a little glimpse into the, the people who are going to die for standing for the truth. It's a fascinating thing that there will be people saved during the Great Tribulation. I'm confident that if you have rejected Christ while you live, your opportunity to be saved after the rapture of the church is over. But I'm confident there's masses and multitudes of people who've rejected the Savior. I mean, who, who have not heard the gospel. Folks who are born during the tribulation, who have the opportunity, great hosts of Jewish people who are born during the great tribulation, who will put their trust in Christ. And there's going to be massive martyrs for the cause of Christ. We look into the tribulation period and we see the martyrs, the folks who, who have lost their lives. The Bible says in verse 9, them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Verse 10, the Bible says, they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood? On them that dwelt on the earth. And the Bible says in verse 11. And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them. That they should rest yet for a little season. Until their fellow servants. Also their brethren. That should be killed as they were. Should be fulfilled. Now the Bible makes no, mis no mistake about it. There will be martyrs during the tribulation period. Great groups of martyrs. But the Bible also makes it clear. That God gives grace to his own. You know, I've often thought about the martyrs. There's a famous book. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. It was a compilation of stories of martyrs. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's one of the most classic Christian books ever written. And I have began to read Fox's Book of the Martyrs before. It was an assignment one time to read it for school. And I'm going to confess to you, I didn't read it all. Uh, I don't have the stomach for it. I can't stand it. I hate it. It makes me sick. To think about all these folks who've died for the cause of Christ. It, it scares me. I don't like it. Maybe I'm a wimp. If I am, that's fine. I don't mind to be categorized like that. But I'll just tell you. You read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And, I'm, and my heart bleeds and yearns. And I think about how in the world could I ever face that if it ever came. Let me tell you something that's so sweet to know about God. God gives grace sufficient to all of his people. You know, I'm confident that every one of God's faithful martyrs, as they faced martyrdom and great trouble, that God's grace flooded their souls like something we could never explain or never understand this side of glory. And God, in this passage of Scripture, we get a little glimpse in the, in the midst of 
the great tribulation, when the wrath of God is falling, he is caring for his people. He's extending mercy. He's extending grace. He's showing his love. He's reminding them to rest just a little bit longer because I will avenge your blood. It's going to be okay. The fifth seal is the martyrs. Finally, the sixth seal. Look what the Bible says in verse 12. The sixth seal, verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. Now here's the beginning of the sixth seal. Worldwide chaos. All the other seals have an alt. You have an altar on the fifth seal. You have four horses previous to this. And the sixth seal, when it's open, it's an earthquake. And now look what happens here in the sixth seal. And you can just imagine worldwide chaos is the byproduct of the great tribulation. The Bible says in verse 12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. This is why folks, when there's earthquakes, they immediately think, is this the great tribulation? If you experience an earthquake as a child of God, it is not the great tribulation. Guess what? It's an earthquake. Praise the Lord. The Bible says there was a great earthquake. The Bible says the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Can you imagine the spooky moment? I was... Uh, Witness to almost a total eclipse of the sun. And it was unbelievable to watch the sun go away in the middle of the day. The Bible says that the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became as blood. Can you imagine? The sun is black. The moon is blood red. That's the state of the world that which you live in. Can you imagine waking up today and that was what you faced and going outside tonight and that's what you faced? It's not what, it's not what we're used to. The sixth seal, chaos, is going to take over the world. Verse 13, look at this one. The stars of heaven fell unto the earth. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken, the mighty wind. What happens? The stars fall. Oh, how many science fiction movies have included asteroids crashing into the earth? Let me tell you something, folks. It's not some dream world. It's going to happen one of these days. The stars of heaven fall like figs from a tree. Verse 14. The heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. That's a fascinating phrase right there. The heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. You hear folks talk about, uh, about these sunspots that come into the earth's atmosphere and the, the peeling away of, of, the, the great, of our great ecosystem and, and moments where the, our protective layers and our science folks can tell us more about that, the protective layers of our atmosphere that guard us from certain types of rays. The Bible says there's going to come in the great tribulation the rolling back of the heaven. The rolling back of the heaven, the Bible says, like the rolling back of a scroll. The Bible says in verse 14, every mountain and island were moved out of their places. The islands and the mountains are going to be rearranged. The face of the entire world is going to be changed. Verse 15, the kings of the earth. Who's this effect? Who's this effect? The kings of the earth. You mean the kings can't get out of it? No. Who else is it fake? The Bible says the great men. Who else? The rich, verse 15. The rich men. The chief captains and the mighty men. But that's not all. And every bond man and every free man. 
All men hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. The Bible says in verse 16, And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? The Bible teaches there's coming a day, the great tribulation. The great tribulation. And the great tribulation is going to come with great wrath and great concern and great suffering. Why does God encourage Christian churches like ours? Wednesday night is when we're preaching this message. No doubt, the vast majority of the people here born again on their way to heaven. Why does God want us to read this? He says you should read this. Why does he want us to study? Why does he want us to know it? Well, one, we read about the great tribulation. We have Paul's to rejoice in the fact that we'll not go through it. Hallelujah. But two, it should sober us to the realization that real people that we claim to know and love, if they do not put their faith and trust in Jesus before it's eternally too late, it's a possibility they will. God uses the message of the great day of his wrath to cause us to praise, to cause us to pray, and cause us to preach the word of God, to present the truth that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, to save us from the penalty of death and hell forever. You know something that we forget? We study the great tribulation, I think about, wow, this is unbelievable. All these things, dodging asteroids, hiding in caves, Think about all the death and war and the one world government and the chaos and wow. You know something that we need to be reminded of? As we study the judgment and penalty of death and hell forever, the great tribulation is minor <laughs> compared to eternal judgment that will fall on every man who does not put their trust in Christ. You know, it's not a popular message, but it's the message of the Word. And it is absolutely essential that every person put their trust in Jesus. Ian and I had a conversation right before church tonight. We're working on a little slogan for something. And the slogan we came up with was, We all need Jesus. It's a fact. We all need Jesus. If you've not made him your Lord and Savior, you should. If you have, you should be interested in other people making him their Lord and Savior. Because I want you to know something. It won't be long until the great day of the wrath of the Lord is come. And those of us who know Christ by faith as Savior will escape that great day of wrath. And I rejoice in that. God is faithful. Let's pray.